Welcome to today's edition of the Paul List Comics and Culture Podcast. Every day I pick a comic and then I provide some analysis, discussion, and critical engagement. I'm Tu Ply on Twitter at T-W-O-P-L-A-I. My perspective is as a cultural critic, academic, and a teacher and preacher. So I try to be analytical since sometimes I get philosophical, sometimes I get a little spiritual. Well, since I do analysis of a comic's work each day for about 20 minutes, I do get into the details. So I always suggest that you read the work first, whether you buy it from your local retailer or digitally. Yes, that's a lightweight spoiler warning. All right, let's dig deep. This is our first Sunday Scholarship um, episode. Uh, today we're going to talk about Bending Steel um, by Aldo Regalado from University Presses of, Press of Mississippi. Um, I want to take a second here to talk about why I'm doing this podcast, especially with the plethora of comics podcasts out there, many of which are far more entertaining, um, contain much more interesting banter um, between usually more than one person monologuing on a mic. Um, I've talked about Comics Alternative, I talked about Robots from Tomorrow and the Multiversity Network of Podcasts. They do interviews, they do reviews, they do previews. Um, those are good ones to listen to. There's also a ton of other ones. And um, the comics podcast genre is now so uh, replete with examples we can really pull from a wide range to show what comics podcasts are doing. I think it's worth a study itself. Um, that's something I'm going to leave. That's a leaving out there for some academic to pick up and do. Uh, I think one of the things that I'm trying to do differently is I'm considering this as a bit of empirical research on my part um, to think about literacy and culture and society and art um, and to build up my own understanding and, you know, to invite you, listener, on the journey with me uh, to build up our understanding of comics as. Um, as art, as medium, as culture. And uh, part of that is that on Sundays I want to commit to reading um, a chapter, sometimes an entire uh, book or a monograph, um, sometimes a, a journal article that um, takes a, a scholarly or an academic um, perspective on comics. Um, I think we're past the point of having to make... <coughs> excuse me having to make the claim that comic scholarship is a legitimate field of study. Uh, we're far past that point, um, at least since the, the movement of cultural studies in you know the latter half of the 20th century. Um, I think it's been indisputable, it's become indisputable, that um, all forms of popular culture are uh, fruitful to study. In fact, the book that we're going to talk about today um, may, advances an argument for why. The, the generally thought of as the most lowest common denominator kind of comics of superhero stories are really worth um, study and cultural analysis. Um, but the, um, you know, the, the world of comics scholarship is wide. There are co uh, things that look at comics from a, you know, a formalist perspective or a formalist approach. Um, obviously, the first example that comes to mind for me is Scott McCloud and understanding comics, but there's, there's um, also uh, all kinds of analyses. The System of Comics is a book that we're probably going to talk about here, um, and uh, you, you might even think about how some of those approaches, and um, be they formalist or semiotic, uh, relate to 
um, the kind of work that's being done now by Neil Cohn prominently um, in the visual language of comics work that he does. Um, in terms of the cognitive or the cognitivist um, approach to understanding how comics work in our minds and in our um, reading. Um, so there's there's that whole area of it. Then there's a cultural studies approach. Um, it could be historical. It could be archival research. Um, then there's the literary approach that um, English majors or people who study um, uh, you know film uh, and and other media bring to comics, um, which usually combines. <coughs> Excuse me. Some of the formalist and structural stuff with um, with thematic and um, you know uh, sort of artistic analysis, and then there's comics as a you know cultural phenomenon and people studying fan fandoms or uh, creator histories. Then there's just the flat out historians who um, are really trying to do um, historical work, whether it be about um, creators. Uh, or publishing, or um, whether it be about um, uh, you, know, uh, you know convention culture, or there's just a kind of all, all kinds of ways to to look at comics um, is what I'm saying. And um, one book that we'll talk about very soon is, is is a collection called Critical Approaches to Comics. I think that's the title. Um, it's an edited collection, and uh, what I appreciate about it is that it sort of assembles some various points of view about comics uh i'm sorry about comic studies it, it's you know shows how interdisciplinary the field really is um and um i i am not a comic scholar i don't claim to be one um i think i'm learning uh what i am is a, a literacy and language education uh scholar um and i think i ca came to thinking about comics through that lens um, and, and that lens um, trains me to be kind of um, uh, uh, omnivorous in my interest because um, I care about the texts themselves. I care about comics themselves, obviously, in doing this kind of analysis. Um, I also care about the readership and also care about the um, means of production and um, the larger social significance, um, what's going on semiotically. Those are all in my interest. And so... Um, I think I, I am a comics fan, um, but there's so much that's so fascinating and worth studying um, in the world of comics and in the tight cohesion of the world of comics. It almost um, uh, advertises itself as a unit of analysis if you want to look at literacy um, from a very broad, uh, cross-cutting point of view. If you want to look at... Uh, a form of literacy that is tightly embedded in social practices. I mean, the convention is just an anthropologist's dream. <laughs> um, if you want to look at, you know, textual study or um, or intertextual study, um, the way that comics uh, bleed into and bleed from other genre, media, um, you know, f artistic and cultural forms, fascinating to study. Uh, if you want to look at um, how art is produced, um, the way that collaborative relationships, the way that the market impacts um, what is produced um, as art or as, uh, as media. It's fascinating. Um, and so, you know, there's sort of an endless array of 
scholarship that is either directly about comics or adjacent to comics that we can talk about. Well, today is um, Aldo Regalado's Bending Steel, um, uh, Modernity and the American Superhero, uh, published by University Press of Mississippi in uh, in 2015, I think. Um, that's when I, the sort of the um, copy that I have says, I could be wrong, I think it is 2015. Um, and I'm mostly going to be talking from the introduction, although the chapters really sort of bear out the argument that's introduced there. So I encourage you to check out the book and to read it. Um, but the reason I'm talking about this first is because um, Regalado takes on a number of the um, the claims that I make for the significance of this kind of analysis, this kind of study. Um, he, he says in the introduction, you know, he starts with the um, <laughs> Superman uh, intro, faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound, which um, is a set of um, phrases that we take so for granted, and just like we ta- we've come to take so much of comics for granted, um, because they're uh, often thought of as kid stuff. Uh, he call- he says they're they're broadly viewed as uh, quote mindless entertainment par excellence, um, and so we tend to pass over their significance very easily. Um, and I don't know how much contemplation you've given to the thought of Superman being faster than a speeding bullet and the significance of what the bullet means um, or more powerful than a locomotive and the transformations upon society that the locomotive wrought or the, the, the idea that able to leap tall buildings in a single bound is in fact bound into what it means to have tall buildings to cities and to um, the urban landscape and to urbanization. And um, and Regalado makes the claim that it's because we tend to take comic books for granted and superheroes for granted that we that's exactly why it deserves, they deserve scrutiny. Because, uh, as he says, quote, for it is at this level of practice that culture is most able to articulate myths that define the value systems and power structures of a society. Um, and so his core argument is that when you look at superheroes, their evolution, their um, their rise, their emergence, um, their development, <clears throat> what you're seeing in essence is the, um, uh, the ways that culturally America deals with modernity. Um, he says the Superman of the late 1930s and early 1940s was defined by his triumph over technological, institutional, infrastructural, and bureaucratic forces that most would celebrate as markers of American military, economic, and global supremacy. Um, most of the superheroes created to follow in the wake of his success were similarly defined by their oppositional or transcendent stance toward indices of American power or progress. And I think here you have his thesis, understanding modernity is essential for fully grasping the cultural significance of the American superhero, uh, end quote there. Um, he has his own uh, categorizations of modernity, he talks about Republican modernity, industrial modernity, atomic modernity. If you, you know, have any sense of the 20th, 20th century, um, 19th century, then those labels probably um, set off some, some signals and some idea. And, 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 you know, if you're a perceptive listener and reader, you're probably already thinking about the ways that Superman in the 1930s um, comes to express um, the, the human uh, reckoning with 
modernity with your you know bullets and locomotives and tall buildings um, and you may be wondering exactly what point of view this is and and, and that speaks to something about um, how we tend to perceive scholarship which is that scholarship um, sometimes seems aimed to critique sometimes it seems aimed to um, to applaud um, sometimes it's doing both and I think the, the best stuff is and somehow dialogical. Um, in fact, that's why uh, my name, Tuply, um, is what it is, because Tuply is the shorthand for the Tuply Bristol board that artists use. Um, the original art, comics art that I have on the walls is all on Tuply. Um, but Tuply is also my way of, well, it's also my name, Paul Lai is my name, <laughs> but um, I always think about reading comics as an inner dialogue, um, which is, I mean, the irony is that this is probably the most solitary comics podcast you'll hear, one weird guy on a so, solo mic, but I'm always talking to the multiple voices in my head, uh, who, um, it's, I think, um, I always, I always read, I think this is true of all of us, actually, read somewhat dialogically um the text and me back and forth but also the multiple readings of texts um back and forth with each other and i think um regalado is um careful to uh talk about how superheroes uh here's a quote heroic fiction fiction is a means of navigating modernity's challenges um and later on too often serve to underpin the power of traditional elites at the expense of those marginalized by ethnicity race class and gender um, and yet, as uh, he says, further quoting, um, Superman was originally imagined by young men who stood at the margins of society, so consequently he struggles against his cultural confines. Um, he thinks about Superman. In fact, the cover image is one of, uh, it looks like one of these Siegel Schuster era Superman um, images of, of Superman bending steel. You know, so if you think about steel and its role in industrialization, Superman bending steel and breaking through steel is uh, metaphorical of um, the kind of cage, uh, the, the, the cultural cage, as Regalado describes it, of um, 19th and 20th century um, ideas of, you know, uh, class, especially, um, and, and heroism, individualism um, versus, um, versus nationhood, um, and um, uh, what what um, Superman is, what superheroes are, are both a um, manifestation, and this is sort of my own uh, gloss here, a manifestation of the constraints uh, within, um, within cultural responses to, to modernity. And, a, um, and there is the, the um, pushing against that. There is a tackling of modernity head-on, to quote Regalado again, Sometimes they do did so in rage, but more often they did so with playful wit and carnival humor. Always, however, they did so with confidence and prowess. And um, and that's what Regalado shows in his chapters. He goes through sort of pre-Superman, um, you know, fiction and, and literary pulp texts, including James Fenimore Cooper, and how that uh, literary tradition is a response to post-revolutionary America. Then he talks about the... Um, uh, uh, the modernity, uh, uh, you know, the post-industrial modernity and, and Edgar Rice Burroughs, uh, and Lovecraft, things like that. And then he gets into the superheroes and how 
um, this is the context from which Batman and, and Captain America emerge and, um, and the sort of new immigrant sensibility of many of the, the Jewish creators who were um, uh, key hand in creating superheroes. And I think that um, that aspect of it is well documented, the fact of it being Jewish American and Jewish um, creators who were involved in superhero creation um, at the early state, well, all throughout history, obviously, but especially at the early stages. Um, Cavalier and Clay by Michael Chabon um, illustrates this really well. Um, the fact of their Jewishness and the, the status of being uh, Jewish in American society at that time um, is a, um, uh, I think is a, is a forebear of what comics will most often be in American history, which is a somewhat um, stepchild, uh, sort of a lowbrow uh, form of, um, of entertainment, of pop culture that um, nevertheless has a, uh, a, a powerful influence um, transgressive quality, um, a, a place to push the boundaries, and really to transform the thinking of children uh, um, and adults, and um, to reckon with modernity in certain ways. Now, I think I've alluded to reckoning with modernity. I think it might make sense, but you know, as some examples, um, I think actually the the idea of superheroes in the '40s in relation to um, the, the the New Deal. Uh, well, here it is to quote, um, superhero fiction sometimes conveyed New Deal sensibilities of an activist state that provides safety nets for Americans experiencing hardship. Through their selfless acts of service, these superheroes highlighted the value of self-sacrifice self for the sake of greater community. Even while doing so, however, superhero fiction of the time conveyed skepticism that governmental or business institutions would act according to these pro-social dictates without occasionally forceful reminders that they should um and so um it's a it's both a uh, correspondence and alignment um a, a harmonization with uh, new deal optimism and a um a, a pushback uh, and um i think that similar analysis extends to the 60s and marvel and the cold war america um and um really into the modern age um, and uh, Watchmen and so forth. So um, Regalado, I think, does a, um, a a really fine job of tracing this relationship of American superheroes to America's um, negotiation with modernity. Um, and one of the, th the claims that he makes later in the introduction and bears out in in his uh, method is that um, one one reason comic books are so interesting um, as a way of looking at cultural responses to um, to modernity is that um, he says comic books themselves are important to the study because they provide unique opportunities for observing the interactions between producers, creators, and fans. And um, he point he does acknowledge that there are shifts sometimes where you know the the, the creator class so to speak has more power and sway or where the audience winds up um, dictating where comics go but but generally uh quote cultural power seems to pull in certain segments of the producer creator audience spectrum from time to time but what emerges is more of a shared dialogue a process of cultural production where all elements share responsibility and complicity for those fictions that succeed through the marketplace and what he's really trying to say is that um 
you know, in all media, there is an interplay between um, those who make, those who um, consume, and uh, and then you know all, all in between those who sell, those who transmit, those who edit. Um, there's an interplay between them. Um, comics, because of their time and place of emergence, have a very visible relationship of those and an interplay between them. Um, I, you know, just as a few, you know, kind of token examples. Think of how many comics writers began as quote unquote letter hacks, meaning that they, um, you know, would write into the 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 letters pages that were printed in the back. Um, you know, one example I think of is often is Kurt Busiek, who um, has has some great stories about letters that he wrote into comics, um, and what they said. Um, J.R. No, I'm sorry, not J.R. Tolkien. Oh, that's that's blasphemy. Uh, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> um, Game of Thrones. Shoot, I'm blanking. Uh, J- uh, George R. Martin is also well known as a as a comic book letter hack. Um, you know, or 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 how much the um, the later producers of comics, the you know your Paul Levitzes and your even your Julian Schwartzes were. Um, as children, really huge fans of, um, you know, the early, early comics. Um, it's the, because the, mm, I say the line between producers and, um, and creators and readers and fans is often, um, so permeable. Uh, the boundaries are so permeable, um, that you can see such a reflection, uh, comics, sort of display themselves as a, um, a very visible, uh, very easy to study way of looking at how cultural transformation occurs. Um, this is also true of other media in certain ways. Comics do it distinctly. Um, I'm realizing that I'm hitting on the time limit here, so I won't go into too much of the detail except to say that um, to come back to comics podcasting, I think that um, it's fascinating to think about Again, how many are out there, and why the heck are any of us who are doing this doing this? Um, the, once again, uh, and thanks to you know digital media and, and social media and stuff like that, um, it's the, the I think comics readers have a way of seeing the um, the stuff that's made and wanting, imagining that they can engage with it, that they can leap to it. Um, I, I gotta say that this, that's different from, from, um, some of the other forms of popular culture. I mean, think about how many people watch movies and how few of them decide that they're going to become filmmakers. Um, a bigger pool of people watch movies and a smaller percentage proportion of them, uh, decide to become filmmakers uh, or how many people, how many of us uh, read novels or are, uh, are journal, uh, read journalism and the small proportion of those who um, then become journalists, um, or <laughs> you know, versus the maybe the smaller pool of people who are dedicated comics readers, and how much of those dedicated comics readers who are often hyper dedicated um, then find a means of being involved in creation. Now, uh, <laughs> many like me find that they have 
ideas in their head and when they go to put it down on paper they realize that they lack the skill the training the raw talent to actually produce comic books but and yet there's this impulse that makes us want to talk about them and enter into a dialogue about them and i think it's because comics uh lie so close and um regalado alludes to this a little bit and there's plenty of other scholarship about it and, and i think it's largely because of comics being a visual and textual medium it lies so close to our cultural guts that we just want to be involved in them. Um, and that's, you know, part of what uh, uh, the Paulist is. It's my own personal, <laughs> individual um, talking with this larger cultural phenomena, set of cultural phenomena, um, including other, including comics themselves, including their cr creators and producers, including the, the huge and diverse world of fandom and readerships, um, and including the other comics podcasts that are out there. Um, and all of it, I think, is a reflection of an increasingly participatory culture. We all want to be involved. We all want to have our voice heard. We all want to hear others' voices. And, um, and so this is the world we live in. I mean, this is the, the grid. This is the cage now that we're inside. Um, I, I, and I, it's not just, it's not a cage that um, merely confines. It also um, uh, liberates or there's room for liberation. There's room for freedom. There's room for expression. There's room for um, fulfillment. Um, and it's fulfilling for me. <laughs> so um, thank you, listener. Um, I encourage you to read Regalado's um, uh, Bending Steel. Even if you're not a comic scholar, and I hope I haven't, uh, as I said, my, my, my listeners will no doubt have weeded themselves out if they've listened to this point. But um, it, even if you don't consider yourself a, an academic, I think this book, and I'll, t you know, I'm a teacher too, so I kind of get a sense of what will be readable for academic and non-academic audiences. Uh, Regalado is is pretty good at um, being pretty grounded. Language isn't too dense or theoretical. I think it's I think it's doable. And so, if you enjoy reading about comics, um, I think regardless of whether or not you you consider academic work appealing, uh, this is uh, I think worth a look. So this is our first um, Sunday scholarship book, and uh, tomorrow we'll we'll hit our Monday Marvel. Um, thanks for coming along. Oh, I should mention we are now. Um, at soundcloud.com slash uh, ply if somehow you arrived at this uh, randomly not from soundcloud um, you can find me at tuply on twitter you can also email at tuply at gmail and um, still waiting for a response from itunes so maybe eventually we'll show up there too um, would love to hear from you um, i'm thin-skinned so uh, feel free to couch your critiques in um, all sorts of compliments, praise of my ambition and endeavor. Uh, just kidding. You don't have to do that. Um, but anyway, uh, also send your encouragement. And uh, thank you. Keep reading.